Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. Uh, Thanks for joining our podcast and checking us out. The next couple of episodes are going to be a little bit different in that normally what we publish is a recording of our live Sunday morning message. However, the last couple of weeks we've had some technical difficulties uh, getting that message recorded and published. And so I know many of you guys are staying connected with us, especially if you call Avenue Church home. You're staying connected with us through our podcast. And it's it's obvious because in August, our podcast was downloaded almost 200 times. And already here halfway through September, we're already at over 100 downloads, which is pretty incredible. And so I didn't just want to not... Uh, publish a podcast. I want to be able to keep you guys connected in what's going on with Avenue Church and staying in line and growing with what we're learning in God's Word. And so we've started a brand new series called My Big Fat Mouth. And I'm going to take the last two weeks as um, sermons, Sunday morning sermons, and do a quick, semi-quick recap for you guys so that at least you know what we're learning and you can go back and study the scripture and uh, pray and meditate on the thoughts as well during your week. And so, because right now, especially as we're looking at our country and our nation and relationships and everything that's going on, I think it's very important that the church holds true to what Paul is encouraging us to do in Ephesians chapter 4. In that he's asking us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, he says, Listen, make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And in this season right now, um, the church needs to be on the forefront, uh, bringing unity and bringing peace as much as we can. And one of the ways that we do that is through the power of our words. And so many of us. You know, probably not you, but I know I have. I've gotten in trouble because of my big fat mouth and things that I said without thinking or things that I said without considering the other person or how it might affect them or looking out only for my own interest. And so we're going to take the next few weeks and look at the power that we have, that you and I have in our words and how we can keep uh, from sticking our foot right in our big fat mouth. And so this week I want to take a look at the power of our words. And you don't have to go very far in Scripture to see how powerful words are. As a matter of fact, it starts in the book of Genesis. In Genesis 1 and 3, when God is creating everything, he doesn't do it with his hands. Um, He does it with his what? He does it with his words. And he simply says, let there be light. And there was light. And this is a pattern that we see over and over. That every time God said something, uh, something happened. We see in Genesis 1, 6 through 7, the second statement God makes, he says, Then God said, Let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens and the waters of the earth, and 
that is what happened. And I love that statement in Genesis 1 and 2, that every time God said something, the next line in the New Living Translation says, and that is what happened. And so what you and I can can take away from that and trusting that when God says something is going to happen, we can trust that it's going to happen. And we see this take place all throughout creation. If God said it, that's what happened. But then here's the cool thing in Genesis 1, God then makes this statement. He says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And so it's in that moment that scripture says that he formed us from the dirt of the ground and he breathed a life into our nostrils and we became a living being. But the key point I want us to catch on to is that the, we are made in God's image to be like him. And so if we look at the power that God had in his words to create everything that wasn't to be what we see now, then you and I have the same power in our words to create, to shape, to give life with our words. Um, now, I don't want us to get confused because this concept has been abused through the years with this whole name it and claim it mentality. If you just say it, then it's going to happen that we can manifest things with our words. And I don't want us to be fooled in thinking that we can get God to line up with our words. Instead, what we're to do as followers of Jesus is we're to get our words to line up with God. Um, we don't get God to align with our words. Instead, we get our words to align with God. And it's very important when you look at communication. Uh, psychologists and sociologists look and they say that about 97, not, I'm sorry, 93% of communication is nonverbal. So only about 7% of communication that we, we have is with our words. And when you look at it in the context of our life and how it shapes our life, that 7% has huge ramifications. And so I want us to look at three things that I believe our words are when we look at scripture. The first thing that I think is that that words are fruit that either nourish or poison those that are around us. And we see Solomon say this in Proverbs 18:20. He says, "From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied." And this is so true. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Other translations say that those who love to talk will reap its consequences, and we all know someone, and maybe it's you. I know it can be me sometimes. We love to talk, and when we start talking a lot without thinking, then sometimes our mouth gets us in trouble. And so Jesus says multiple times that you will know a tree by its fruit. And so you and I, our words are the fruits of our lips, are the fruits of our mouth. And, and we will either poison those around us with our words or we will nourish those around us with our words. And I don't know if you've ever had fruit that was like maybe rotten. You had some strawberries that were in the refrigerator a little too long. You didn't know they were in there and you were cleaning out the fridge and they were like white and moldy and just real squishy and juice running everywhere. Disgusting. You're not going to serve those to your family or maybe you found the grapes that are in the process of becoming raisins. Had that banana that was in the fruit basket a little too long and now it's black and split open and you know, my great grandmother always said those made the best bananas for banana nut bread. 
if she cooks it in the bread and I don't see it, I'll eat it. But if it's on the counter, I'm not eating rotten bread. And so we need to understand that the words that come out of our mouth, they're fruit. And it's either going to be good fruit or it's going to be poisonous, rotten fruit. And Jesus says that we will be known by our fruit. The second thing that we see in Scripture, knowing what our words are, they don't not only nourish or poison those around us, uh, but our words are also tools that shape and direct our lives, shape and direct our world. James chapter 3 describes the power of the tongue that we have. And he says this, he says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder on a ship can direct that ship regardless of the wind and the waves. And he goes on to describe the power of a spark creating a flame, creating a large fire just from the spark. And so we have to understand that our, our tongue, our words, our tools that are going to direct us, that are going to direct those around us on one path or another. It's going to shape our landscape. If you think about the fires that have been blazing out west that have completely shaped and changed the landscape, that our words have the same ability to do that in one of two ways. Our words are either going to build build up those around us and build up the world around us, or it's going to be destructive. These words are going to be destructive and tear down the world around us and tear down those around us. And, you know, how many times have, you know, a Monday, probably not a Monday, but maybe a Friday morning, right, where you're kind of excited to go to work because it's the last day of the week and you're riding to work and you've got your windows down, the music's pumping, you're like, you're ready to have a good day at work, but then you get to work on that Friday and maybe one of your coworkers or your boss says something sort of flippant or, you know, really discouraging and disheartening. And it just changes the whole mood of your Friday. And it may not just change the whole mood of your Friday, but it may change the whole mood for your weekend. It affects how, you know, you treat your family when you get home. And if that happens enough over time and we receive these destructive, demoralizing words, it begins to affect how you and I see ourselves. Uh, it begins to affect our confidence levels, our self-image, and that begins to direct the path that we're on and the risks that we take, um, the confidence that we have, the decisions that we make, the relationships that we have. It begins to shape and direct our future. And so we've all heard the tone, or not the tone, but we've all heard uh, the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that is just not true, right? Words may not break our bones, uh, but they definitely can break our hearts and they can crush our spirits. And so we need to be mindful of the power and the nutrition really that is in our words for those around us. Uh, and sometimes we know those people that they consider themselves the ones that share the truth um, whenever however they want to, and they take no responsibility for how their words affect people. And a lot of times the response that we'll give when we give true information, but maybe in the wrong packaging, the wrong way, we will tell someone, well, you just need to have thicker skin. Have you ever been told, like, you just need to have thicker skin? You've, you just need to suck it up, buttercup, and just tough it. That's just the way it is, right? When someone speaks something that is hurtful, and it could be good, it could be true information, but it's done in 
a way that is hurtful, a way that is um, destructive and tearing down. And so for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility not to put all like to put it all on the person receiving our words that we're giving our fruit to that we're speaking these words to. We don't put the responsibility just on them, but we need to take some of the responsibility ourselves and realize that the words we speak, just as Solomon said, that there is power of life and death in our tongues and that our tongues and our words shape and direct the world around us. And so maybe, you know, we have a consistent toxic, um, you know, vocabulary or, you know, the words that are coming out of our mouth, the conversations are consistently toxic and destructive. It's the sign of something greater. And maybe that's not the case, but every once in a while you'll find, you know, a real snippet word or a real bitter word uh, slip out and say something out of character or out of context for you. And what that is, is that's a sign of possibly something greater beginning to take root in your life. And um, it's showing really the condition of our heart because it's not, um, it's, it's not necessarily that we have a word problem, it's that we have a heart problem. And so we see Jesus telling us this third thing. So words are the fruit of our lips that nourish or poison those around us. Our words are tools that shape and direct our world. But also our words are also the overflow of our heart. Matthew says this in 12, 31 through 36. He says, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. He says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Luke describes it this way in 645. He says, what you say flows from your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so what you and I need to understand is that the words that come out of our heart, whether they're encouraging or discouraging, whether they're you know, building up or tearing down, they are an overflow of what is in our heart. So it's not that we have a word problem, is we have a heart problem. In James chapter three, he tells us um, this this other thing. I want to read it uh, verbatim from scripture instead of just a highlight. We see James, who is the brother of Jesus, telling us again the power of our words and where they come from. He tells us that uh, that sometimes it talking about the tongue praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Then he says in James 3 verse 10, he says, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. He's saying, come on, church, this can't be. He says, does a spring water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. And what he's saying is, look, we can't have um, fresh fruit. We can't have encouraging words. We can't have poisonous fruit. We can't have destructive words. We can't have fresh water and bitter water, fresh words, bitter words coming out of the same mouth. He says, church, this shouldn't be the case because it's going to like we're going to be known more for our negative words than we're going to be known for our positive words and we have to understand this isn't just a word problem this is a heart problem and 
you can bite your tongue. You can try to push it down. But you can put a lid on a boiling pot of water and eventually that lid is going to lift up and that boiling water is going to flow out of the top of that pan. And so when we look at our words, we're going to look at, you know, some specific bitter words. You know, he says fresh water and bitter water. We're going to look at some specific bitter words um, and ways in which we speak and we're going to test them. And I had a youth pastor on staff one time when I was an associate pastor at my previous church and he was known for having a sharp tongue and his previous pastor had given him some advice that before he said something he needed to taste his words which in essence is really thinking before you speak and so over the next few weeks I want us to take a look at like things like complaining gossiping lying things that we may see as you know insignificant but can be poisonous to those that are around us and it is bitter to those that are around us. And so we're going to taste our words. And so if you say you don't have a problem with any of these, then you'll probably have a problem with the last one online, right? And so David understood this and he understood the connection between his heart and his words. And he understood the importance of having those two align with what God wanted for his life. And so we see this in Psalm 19 and 14. David says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. He didn't just say, God, may the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. And he didn't just say, may the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. He understood the connection between the two and that in order for his words to be right, his heart needed to be right. And so as we look at this over the next several weeks, we're going to take a look not only at our words, but also what is the root cause in our heart that is causing our words to be bitter. And David said this in Psalm 51, and this is what we'll, we will ask at the end of every message is, God, create in me a clean heart, renew in me a righteous spirit. Because Jesus says, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. And so I really hope this encourages you and over the next few weeks and maybe even today after you listen to this, you'll begin to think about the words that you say that you will, as my youth pastor said, taste your words. And I really think in the season of our nation and our life that we need to steward uh, the power that we have in our words as carefully as possible in a way that is not destructive, um, in a way that is not discouraging, but in a way, just as Paul says, that we are bringing unity and that we are uniting each other with peace. I hope you enjoyed this message and learned something from it. We'd love to hear from you. You can text the word Avenue Connect to 97000, or you can jump on our website, ouravenuechurch.com. We'd love to know how we can pray for you. Uh, love to know how you're doing and answer any questions you may have. Hope you guys have an incredible week. Blah, 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 blah.